the people that you do have in your life that really truly mean a lot to you, I think that you should really express that to them. It's a really powerful thing and I highly recommend it. All right, kids, I'm back with uh, a new episode this week. I guess I should start with like a fun life update. Hold on. Ooh, if you're watching on YouTube, it's like not centered, but you can see my engagement ring because I got engaged this past weekend. I wish I could show you the face of my handsome fiance instead of, I mean, this ring is gorgeous, but it's a little bit more meaningful to have him versus the ring, but he's upstairs working. I actually asked him, I was like, so maybe you can come on the podcast and like <laughs> talk about how you planned the engagement and like, I don't know, we can have like a fun personal episode. But he seemed open to it, you guys. So maybe we'll have that in the not so distant future. But yes, I got engaged this past weekend. I can definitely share more about that story another time. But yeah, guys, like I'm 36. Like I am no spring chicken. This will have been my first time getting engaged, my first time getting married. We definitely are taking the more modern approach in that you know, we've been together for like f over five years. We already own a house together and we've been like trying to have kids for over a year now. So um, while it was a little bit, I guess, of like a formality, I didn't want it to feel that way. And I definitely told him, I was like, please just make it special. And he hit it out of the park, you guys. Like he really, truly did. I will absolutely give credit where credit is due. I love you, Paul Hershorn, <laughs> and thank you for making a really special evening. So, um, oh, and then we told Zoe yesterday when she got back from her mom's. So um, she's very excited. He asked for her permission. You know, is it okay if if I ask Jesse to to marry me? And um, she said yes. Thank goodness. Oh my God. Okay. So this episode is going to be a, f I mean, I think it's fun. It's going to be a fun one, you guys. It's about six suggestions from moi to end the year off right. Okay. So I'm just very cognizant that it's like the end of the year. I mean, we're, I'm recording this before Thanksgiving. This will come out after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving holiday time. And I think that a lot, I can imagine a lot of you guys are in a similar place that I'm in, which is like, I'm trying to like assess what do I want my 2024 to look like, to feel like I thought, to, okay, so 23 is my lucky number. And so I remember very vividly this time last year being like, 2023 is going to be my jam. Like I'm just going to kill it. Well, I know I've mentioned a few things on this show about how, oh, well, it was the exact opposite of that. It was like a really shitty year, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, I'm excited for next year because it can't get any worse than this year. <laughs> the, the engagement is hopefully going to parlay into, you know, even bigger, better, wonderful things in 2024. Um, 
And I know that I'm sure you guys are also sort of imagining what will 2024 look like, but I always like to take the approach like less of the world is going to happen to me and more let's architect our lives. Like let's build it together. If you want something, make it freaking happen. So these are just six suggestions of things that I have found have like really improved my life, really made me feel good and things that I want for you guys. Take them or leave them, but I do hope you consider them because I do think that they'll be helpful. All right, let's get into it. This show is sponsored by Women in Influencer Marketing, better known as WIM, the best online community for the creator economy. You will meet fellow influencer marketers, you'll meet brands, you'll meet talent agencies to talk shop, get hired, and even find a mentor. When you become a member, do not forget to check out all of our incredible resources. For example, we have dozens of masterclasses from the top voices of TikTok and YouTube, award-winning agencies, and women who are paving the way for us all. So if you want the chance to network with a who's who in influencer marketing, check out what it takes to become a member. Make more money and have fun doing it. Visit IamWim.com slash join. That's I-A-M-W-I-I-M.com slash join today. And I so look forward to seeing you more around the community. All right. So we are starting out hot with something very, I don't know, practical. (laughs) Tip number one, invest some money in the stock market. Okay. I know I've mentioned this a couple times before. I I've never been really comfortable with like all things money. I think that I had like weird money things growing up that like my dad made so much more than my mom and I like went from house to house and I I think it left me like feeling really weird about money. I know I'm not alone. Like a lot of people feel weird about money. But I'm always one to really want to like challenge myself. I feel like the more uncomfortable I am, the more I'm like, ooh, I got to push through this. Like, ooh, I got to figure this out. And so that 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 was harder for me for money, but I definitely feel like I've made progress. So this past year, I hired a bookkeeper, I hired a new accountant, and um, I have learned a lot from them. And I'm not going to go into the specifics of that, certainly, but I think that the biggest piece of advice I can give you is like, just exposing yourself to these things like the stock market and investing and, you know, 401k and whatever, like it will just make you feel more comfortable. And simply if you have a better comfort level, you'll just, you'll do it more and you'll, you'll get better at it. And it's all a process. So for me, I'm starting out in the place where like not comfortable with money. Like, what do I do with my money? I, I like, I don't know. I'm mostly, I think it was just me being in my own head and like just feeling insecure about it. That's probably the main thing I can convey. But this past year in particular, I like opened up an Ameritrade account and I started trading and I started making freaking money from it, you guys. It's a, I certainly am no expert. This is not going to be a conversation with like money advice because I'm probably the least qualified to give it. But again, just like, putting yourself out there and like investing in your future is such a freaking powerful thing. We're all on the same journey to learn and to keep learning and to grow and like 
I'm not an expert and I freaking did it. So you can totally do it too. Um, Ameritrade is fine. <laughs> like there are definitely other apps out there, but that's the one that I use. And I have made like a few thousand dollars, like probably tens of thousands of dollars already. And I just purchased stocks of products that I genuinely like and use. Like there's, for me, there's no science to it, but for me, it makes a lot more freaking sense to have my money parked in, you know, in the stock market or in a 401k, which I definitely contributed to a lot this year. I'm going to probably max it out. And I have a SEP account, which is a whole other conversation, but there are different types of retirement accounts if you are self-employed versus employed by someone else. So if you're self-employed, definitely check out a SEP retirement account. But anyways, it makes way more sense for me to park my money in places like that than in my checking account. (laughs) I'm literally making pennies on the dollar. Okay. Suggestion number two, open up more. I got to say, this was like a very transformative year for me. I usually am very uncomfortable opening up to people while I acknowledge that like mainly through whim, I have hundreds and thousands of, of mostly women who like follow me and were, you know, connected and maybe they listen to the podcast or they're part of whim. And like for all intents and purposes, it seems like I have a community. Here's the dirty little secret. My real like personal friends who really truly know everything about me, like the good, the bad, the ugly, everything it's like one person. Like I have like one best friend and like not many other real friends. If I'm being completely honest, I also have like a very small family, definitely like have a lot of family issues, like estranged from most of them. I have like very few people who I really consider myself comfortable with, like truly, truly comfortable with. I only bring that up because In this past year, I've really tried to make a concerted effort to just open up more, to be like unapologetically me. It's going to sound stupid sometimes. It's going to sound unintelligent. It's going to sound like silly. I'm going to trip up and it's not going to be perfect, (laughs) but opening up to people and just being more comfortable being myself has been really freaking therapeutic. So I highly recommend it to you. Um... What I will warn you about is that in doing so, you might rub some people the wrong way and you might, uh, like some people might not like what you have to say when you're being more and more honest. So I do want to warn you that that is a very real outcome. But even with that, I, I still feel like I'm like the honesty in it still like trumps the, you know, embarrassment or the, you know, the shame or like whatever it is, because there is no shame actually when you're just being honest. It's like, well, this is who I am. And if you don't accept me who I am, you know, like we can disagree, but if you don't accept that, like, this is what I believe and respect it, then you're probably not a person that I would want in my life anyway. But these are things that you have to practice. I think that's what I want to convey to you guys, like opening up more, like, at least for me, has taken a lot of practice to be able to do and do consistently and feel more. And and the benefits of doing so on a regular basis have really felt 
good. Okay. Suggestion number three, (laughs) I suggest that the people that you do have in your life that really truly mean a lot to you, I think that you should really express that to them and tell them that you love them or tell them that they mean a lot to you and tell them why. And like, I feel like for some of us that feels awkward (laughs) to do, or it's just like not our natural way, but it's really important. And you'd be really pleasantly surprised, I think, that by expressing those things to people who mean something to you, um, you build more trust with them and they'll say really kind, honest things in return. And I think that's been a theme this year for me is like just really being wanting to deepen relationships. Again, I'm not someone who has a ton of them, but the few that I do, I really want to have those be like deeper, more meaningful relationships. So expressing how you feel about people and complimenting them when you feel like they have, you know, earned it or deserve it or whatever it is, like it's a really powerful thing and I highly recommend it. Okay. Um, suggestion number four, (laughs) I really believe (laughs) that you need to spend more time with animals. Yes, you heard me, animals. I have a cat and a dog and some of the like most stress-free moments in my entire life have been when I've been like snuggling the crap out of my dog or like really snuggling with my cat. He has been waking me up at like four in the morning lately, and it is simply just to snuggle. And this cat purrs loudly. Like he is no dainty flower. This cat, like he's a bit of a tank and he purrs very loudly. And if I wasn't so freaking in love with this cat, I'd probably be annoyed at four in the morning to be woken up just to snuggle but I snuggle back. (laughs) Why? Because he's just, he's so amazing and he's so sweet. And it's just like all of the chemicals that I know are being released into my body simply because I'm like being affectionate with my animals and my pets. It's just, it's like a really wonderful thing to have in your life. So if you don't have an animal either, I highly recommend getting one, but you're probably like some of you at least are like, Jess, I don't have the time. I'm busy and I wouldn't be able to give a pet a good life. So I can't get one. Here's what I recommend instead. You should definitely, definitely look into fostering. And if you're in New York, I'm more than happy to tell you about a couple organizations that I've personally fostered with that um, would love more fosters. We still foster every so often because I mean, if it were up to me, we'd have like 10 dogs and 20 cats. Okay, maybe not, but (laughs) we would have a lot. And I do love fostering and it's a temporary situation. So you can have a dog or a cat, some sort of pet in your life for like a month or less. It's the most incredible experience and I highly recommend it. Also, that's how we got Jojo. She was my foster fail. And so it's also a great way to like shop for a pet (laughs) because if you love them, you can keep them and quote unquote foster fail. Okay. The second to last suggestion, number five, to end the year right, find more of what you enjoy and do it more. I don't know about you guys, but I have really struggled this year when reflecting like, what do I really enjoy? Like what genuinely makes me happy? And I think that maybe the reason why I was really struggling with it this year is because I think that some of the things that used to make me happy and get me excited 
aren't really doing it for me anymore. So I don't know, again, I'm like 36. So like maybe it's like a shift in, in life, like different life phase or whatever it is. And I feel like I'm, that's going to happen multiple times more throughout my life. But perhaps like every 10 years or so, like our, our likes change. And I think that that's natural, but I, I don't, I mean, I never really thought about it before. So I was like a little bummed when I couldn't really think of things that like genuinely really made me happy and excited because I was doing these things that I was so used to doing for so long and I wasn't like getting the same fulfillment out of it. Um, Maybe you guys know this already and maybe I'm just like dumb, but I honestly like I, I never really thought about it. And so I was just going through these motions of doing the things that I used to really enjoy and like not getting fulfillment from it and like feeling kind of shitty about that, right? So I have learned, for example, silly example, I really enjoy puzzles. <laughs> I know this probably sounds so lame, but it's so true. I like really have enjoyed like, okay, so we have this buy nothing group in New York and Brooklyn that I'm part of. And I've definitely gotten like three or four puzzles from people who have like given them away. And I just got one the other day and I'm like genuinely really excited to find some time to do it. Um, I also used to really enjoy baking so much. Less though the baking, I guess, and more so like the decorating of cakes. And in my mind, I want I I still do think I enjoy giving the finished product to somebody and like having them be like, "Oh my god, this is me just for me. I feel so special." Like I love giving somebody that experience, but it takes a lot of time to bake, and I just like haven't been so into that. Also was a, in a phase for a while where I genuinely enjoyed cooking. I was like really into like keto, and I was finding all these like new recipes to do. This is probably like five years ago at this point. Wow. Time flies. And now I'm just like, eh, I like making the same sort of things. You sort of have to be in the mood for it. But anyways, the point being is that your likes are going to shift. And if you're maybe in a rut for a bit, like I was like, do some critical thinking to say like, is it that I'm just in a rut or maybe I just enjoy different things. But that could be a scary proposition, right? Because then you're just like, well, like, what do I enjoy now? Like, what really makes me happy? And I do think that it's really important to sort of reassess those things and like ask those types of questions, you know, every five years or every 10 years and see what your answer is and, and then do those things more. Okay. The last suggestion to end the year right eliminate stuff from your life. So you can you can interpret this in a few different ways, right? Like for me, I hate things. I'm not like a things person. I love throwing stuff away. I hate like paper. I love having everything like electronics. I can organize it better. Like if you ever have kids or you have kids, you understand like having these little like, oh my God, these like cheap little like toys and tchotchkes and whatever, like constantly all over the house. Like I can't stand it, but then I feel guilty if I throw it away so that we have like a whole system of like, you know, go through the stuff, clear out the stuff so that we can get rid of some of it because it becomes really overwhelming. Anyways, I'm not a stuff person. I actually like enjoy having a pretty like minimalistic house. All that being said, sure, eliminate the stuff, the physical stuff from your life because lack of clutter really does, I think, make a big difference for me at least and hopefully for you. But also the stuff that we're filling our time with, that's probably what I mean most and that's the part I want to focus on with you guys is 
I really think that like eliminating the superfluous stuff in our lives just frees up so much more time for you to do what's more meaningful to you. So for example, even in my business, let's bring it back to business. This year has been insane. We planned five huge tentpole events in different cities around the country, basically one every like couple months, right? Throughout the year, because our last one was in October. It was a busy year. And there were definitely parts of that that I loved and I enjoyed. And I enjoyed the planning aspect of it and seeing it come to life and all that. But I got to say, the past like month, I really like cut it off. I really, really downshifted after that event in particular. And I've had all of this additional time towards the end of this year to really sit and reflect and think of like, what I want to be doing in 2024 and like big picture thinking and just like opened it up to do whatever I want in my business and not be so bogged down with so many things going on. Anyways, it's been really nice and like really noticeably different. So if you are in a position where you can just eliminate some clutter, whether it's like emotional or physical or, you know, calendar clutter from your life, you start to really feel the difference. And I do think that that would be a really positive change to end the year on a, on a good note. So With all that being said, guys, I thank you for listening. I hope that you got something from this. You know, take some of it, take all of it, leave the rest, interpret it how you want. But I do hope that it helps you for the rest of the year. Speaking of the rest of the year, we do have one event that I want to remind you guys of. It's our annual State of the Union. We have it that it's happening virtually every single year. We did it last year as well. We have incredible panelists that are coming to chat with you, basically to reflect on how 2023 was and also make a lot of predictions and anticipate 2024. So our State of the Union is on December 6th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Very excited about it and I hope you guys attend. For members, of course, it's always free. So I highly encourage you to check that out. I hope to see you there and I hope to see you next week for another episode of the WIM podcast. All right. Take care, everyone. Happy holidays. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Leave us a review, a rating, but the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.